Welcome to Listen by Jean Ginsberg. This audio experience and podcast is all about social media, digital marketing, entrepreneurship, and interviews with top entrepreneurs in the digital and social space. I'm your host, Jean Ginsberg, digital marketing expert, number one best-selling author, and award-winning entrepreneur. I will be sharing with you strategies, tips, and tactics on how to grow your business and your social media following. Thanks for listening. Hey everyone, Jean Ginsberg here. Another episode of Listen by Jean Ginsberg. And I'm very excited because I have a very dear friend, someone I've known since college on the episode today, Rebecca Deojeda. How are you? Hi, I'm doing great. I'm super excited to have a chance to chat with you in this setting. Yes, it's been... Wow, we've known each other for so long. I don't even want to say how long because I'm going to date myself. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and we're, I'm going to date both of us if I say that. But let's just say it's been since college and we've known each other for, for many years. And it's just, yeah, we've both of us have kind of grown in our careers in our different ways. And so it's just kind of a, a, interesting to see that, you know, what happens after a decade or two of, of after college has ended. Um, so yeah, tell us a little bit about your background. Yeah, so I have a little bit of an unusual path. Um, I, I originally uh, went to college for a combination of visual arts and um, physics. So it's kind of odd for people when they find out I'm, I'm in operations. Um, so I kind of went through this evolution where from that I got into marketing and eventually marketing led me to start my own company. And the company evolved from marketing to also consulting because most of our customers were um, small business, um, either startups or growth mode. And uh, what we learned was that uh, we would, through marketing, help them grow. But then there were these gaps in their ability to sustain that growth through their operations. So little by little, I started getting far more involved in helping them with the structure of their operations, whether it was customer support or logistics or whatever it might be. Um, and eventually I migrated um, to doing turnarounds and then finally settling into this, uh, my current position as uh, chief operating officer. So uh, not the traditional path. I have gone through uh, several different uh, episodes of, <laughs> of Rebecca's career, um, but uh, definitely uh, interesting things along the way at every single one of those steps. Yes, uh, that is a very interesting path. I mean, arts and physics. I, rem I do remember in college that you, that's what you were majoring into now being a CEO of a, of a company, of a pretty large size company. So interesting how that kind of, that whole transgression went through, right? <laughs> over the last, um, over the last like 10, 20 years or so. So that's very interesting to hear that. So tell us about what you're doing now. Um, so I'm the chief operating uh, officer for a facilities maintenance company. And uh, essentially what that means is just any services that go into keeping the health of a building. So janitorial, physical plant, um, groundskeeping, anything that keeps the space that you're occupying uh, healthy. So I am very involved in leading the long-term growth strategy in ensuring that there's uh, interdepartmental cohesion amongst the teams to make sure um, that we're growing uh, in the same way as a company evolves through its stages. There's always the risk that you'll generate these silos and it's up to me to bring all of our department heads kind of along um, the, same, the same frame of mind and the same evolution. Um, and with that, of course, um, staying nimble and uh, adapting to 
changing circumstances, whether in the market or whether it's because it's structural and specific to us as we grow. Very cool. So tell, uh, tell us a little about the entrepreneurial journey of your company. You said that we were talking offline and you mentioned that your CEO, right? He founded the company on his own and now has grown it to uh, you know, a pretty decent sized company. So tell us about the entrepreneurial journey there. I know that you kind of started a little bit after that process, but I'm sure you know the story, right? Yeah. So it's a really cool story. Um, he uh, started the company in 2004, essentially just, you know, with a couple of dollars and just a lot of uh, perseverance and grit. And um, actually um, he is somebody that I went to high school with, didn't really actually get to know until after college. Um, and so I've known about the company for some time. I started doing some marketing consulting initially, and I really like saw the company grow from being a tiny little organization to uh, what it is today, which, you know, covers five different states and now um, moving into Puerto Rico. Um, and it's, it's really cool to see it in those stages, right? With every stage has its unique challenges. Um, but, you know, what has been really critical to the organization has been to try to keep that small mind mentality where it's very focused on people, on creating a great experience um, in the service industry, which typically doesn't cater to, to the employees, right, where they're, you know, an underserved group of people. And for us, that's really critically important for people to be happy as part of the organization. And it's critically important for us to maintain that as we grow so that we don't become this very hierarchical organization that just is guided by rules and directives, but rather continue to be very collaborative and inclusive of every voice. Absolutely. That's so true. And when you grow to be a large company, which I mean, sounds like that's what you guys are at now. It's like, how do you keep everybody together? How do you remove the silos? But then how do you have everybody have a voice as well? So it's important to think about that as you're growing, right? From one person to hundreds of people, not thousands of people. So it's important to think about that. Absolutely. So um, we talked a little bit offline about uh, how everything has been going recently. And you mentioned that you've had some recent wins over the last several months. Um, so do you want to share a little bit about that? Yeah. So what's been interesting for us is that we've always been an organization that's very uh, keen on technology and innovation and on creating um, you know, efficiencies through, through logistical planning. And, you know, most of the companies in our industry don't really think that progressively. Um, and for us, that really has allowed us to um, be responsive to the changing needs of the market. Obviously, uh, with facility services, there's an increased focus on disinfection, on preventative measures. Um, and that applies not just to the services we're providing, but we've also had to adjust how we protect our team members, how we source, how we do everything internally. Um, but what's been really good about that is that uh, we've been able to adapt very quickly to that. And um, we've continued to grow um, well beyond just our, our traditional high, fast, uh, high and fast growth um, path. We've continued to grow through these new service segments for, for COVID. Uh, preventative and reactive services. So um, it's been really interesting working with new uh, new customers, working with new teams to train them and get them up to speed on the processes that we're implementing and the services. And you know, you have to learn the different techniques and machinery and how do you do that in the most effective but also um, efficient way for our customers. 
Absolutely. So kind of segues well into my next question is what kind of changes have you seen since COVID? Because I'm sure in your industry, you probably have seen a lot of changes is since you are in the, uh, you know, the facilities and uh, that kind of industry. Yeah, I think, you know, there's the, the expected that everybody has seen, right? An increased focus on preventative measures such as using PPE, adapting your protocols for, you know, things like the office space usage and things like that. But what we have seen is that uh, organizations are also thinking a little more proactively. Um, you know, unfortunately, it is the product of fear, right? But the positive thing is that doing anything proactively is actually far more beneficial to your facilities in the long term and to your budgets in the long term. So we've gotten the uh, opportunity to work with a lot of customers to plan better on how we do preventative services, um, to be more aware of, of how they are also occupying their space and how our services are delivered. Um, for us, we, we have had to adapt the way services are delivered. So in some cases, for example, um, to, in order to keep people more distant, you might switch from a type of team cleaning to more individualized space assignments and things like that that are logistical challenges, right? Uh, but that end up being a different way to respond to things, uh, working with suppliers for, um, more options around our chemicals or uh, machinery that that is considered the most effective against COVID. Um, in general, there's also a lot of um, responding to our customers changing needs as their spaces maybe not not occupied fully. We also have had to ramp down in some areas and right. you know we've tried to be creative around how we help them adjust their budgets as well um, while also you know moving our teams around so that we could um, keep from having to lay off large numbers of people. And it was a very interesting um, challenge that resulted luckily in, in a great, uh, great outcome in that we, we did not uh, actually lay off hardly any people due to COVID. We were able to redeploy um, our people to different accounts to service different operations, of course, being mindful of giving them optionality if somebody did have a health concern or something like that, that they had the option to, to stay home. So it required a lot of um, planning and moving resources and retraining, but it was probably the best outcome we could have hoped for in that regard. This podcast is brought to you by the Digital Marketing Method Monthly Group Coaching Program, your methodology for growing your business and your social media following. Join me and my group of supportive entrepreneurs and learn how you can grow your business and your social media following where we cover topics such as Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, email marketing, and so much more. Go to dmgroup.online, dmgroup.online. That's, well, it's good to hear. I know that it's, you know, it's always a challenge when there's always a lot of new changes going on, like, like what we've seen now, but it's good that you didn't lay or almost, you know, lay anybody off or almost anybody off. So that's always great to hear that organizations are still, you know, having successes in this time uh, when things are a little bit more challenging. So yeah, thanks you. Thank you for sharing. And then you mentioned earlier that you're, um, that you're in five states and you're also moving to Puerto Rico. So what are some of the other wins that you have or new initiatives that you have coming up? Uh, well, we do. Uh, we are onboarding one uh, large customer now that we're super excited about. It's a university uh, here in Fort Lauderdale. They have multiple campuses and they're just 
a wonderful institution. Um, and so that's right now happening a process. Uh, we also have been kind of re-engineering our internal structure to support that growth. Um, so we've added a lot of great people around um, technology development, around our people operations and things like that, that really just provide a lot more sophistication to our um, support structure for, for our service personnel. So um, th that has been an exciting journey. And, um, you know, anybody that has gone through the entrepreneurial um, path knows that, you know, in the beginning, you just have to do everything yourself. <laughs> That's just, right. you have to wear every single hat. And that can be exciting, but it can also be very exhausting. Um, so it's been very nice to get to a point where uh, we have um, a lot more high-level um, people driving strategy uh, and the execution and really just supporting the overall um, goals and uh, to be able to kind of take a step back, not that the workload has reduced, but uh, to take a step back and, and see them really flourish and see them really come with new ideas and to uh, just collaborate at a much larger level. Um, that is a very gratifying experience to be able to progress to that. Yeah, because I know when you first started with the company, which has been now a while ago, you, you were kind of wearing a lot of hats at that point, right? Because it's still a pretty small company. And so over the last several years now that you have become CEO and also have seen the company grow, it's just like now you're more of in a strategic role, right? Versus like, this is I wear all the hats because, you know, it's more of an entrepreneurial experience. Exactly. So. But that journey of having been in many, uh, many departments is actually really um, a very gratifying, but B, it's also very useful for um, setting strategy um, because it gives me a broader perspective of what each department's needs are and those considerations. So uh, for example, I used to manage our talent and HR operations um, along with the, the service operations. That to me exposed me to a lot of uh, understanding better what our employee needs are. Uh, understanding uh, legalities around employment and how we handle our employment policies and uh, really just being much closer. We are a service organization. So the closer you can be between um, the people you are that are working for you and, you know, versus the customer, having that very close uh, knit um, relationship is really, really beneficial to the outcome. So I, I think it has been a really good uh, evolution in terms of giving me a broader perspective. Yeah, absolutely. That that sounds great because I know that for me, like that's, and I, I know you you were an entrepreneur too when you start, first started uh, back before you started working for your current company. You had uh, your own business, and so I know you both both you and I have had the entrepreneurial journey. So it's probably yeah. a lot different now when you're like I'm you know in a more strategic role and overseeing a lot of different teams. So that's that's uh, that's amazing to move into that kind of role. And I know for me too, as well, I started off on my own and then grew my team and now hired just a couple more people recently. So it's like, now I'm almost like starting to, not, I want to say remove myself, but like, I'm not overseeing as much anymore um, because I have other team members who are really taking care of everything for the organization. So that's, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's such a great feeling when you have a team that you trust that you can yep. actually hand off with little directions, just, you know, give them a general uh, goal or, you know, target 
and have them just run with it. And, yeah. um, you know, if they, if they are well integrated to the company, that sometimes they come to you with surprisingly great solutions that you might not have even thought of. And I think when you reach that stage of like, wow, look at what this person came back with, it feels really, really good. It does. Yeah, absolutely. And I've experienced that too. And it's like, wow, you just went above and beyond. And this is fantastic when, when uh, employees do that. And you're like, wow, that's, that's exactly the kind of like proactive um, employees that I'm looking for. And I mean, I think we're all looking for that kind of stuff. So um, awesome. Well, uh, uh, one last question before we wrap things up. So what is your prediction for the industry? And then I know it's a very loaded question and that could be your <laughs> industry specific. It could be self-driving cars. It could be going to Mars. It's a very open-ended question. I just love to hear what people say about their prediction for the industry. Yeah, so I think the industry is desperately looking for ways to further leverage technology and its operations. And I think that that's going to continue to be the case. And we just have to become smarter about knowing where that techno technology actually empowers um, service outcomes versus just being for the sake of being technology, right? And that's, that's the tricky piece. But I definitely think that we're going to continue seeing more and more of that. Yes, I totally agree. Technology is going to be even more so prolific and profound in our everyday lives. I'm already starting to see that now. And just even running a small business um, has, I mean, technology is something that we use every day. Like right now we're using Zoom, right? To record. <laughs> yeah. I know it's very kind of low level technology, but, um, but it's all part of the, of using technology as, as part of business and just everyday lives. So I am kind of interested to see that where that goes as well. And always curious. And I, I love technology myself. Like I'm quite, um, quite techie on my end. And I just love seeing the, the new things that are always out there, the new, yeah. I guess, gadgets or the new um, AI stuff is always kind of interesting to see that. <laughs> so yeah. that's progressing. Absolutely. And I, I think there's some unexpected things about technology that maybe people sometimes overlook. I think there's the functionality that it facilitates for you and your operations, which can create a lot of flow and efficiencies. But what's really critically important is the access to information that it facilitates as well. And it's not just capturing data, you know, to have statistics, which is very, very useful in learning how to um, hone in on the right strategy, but it's also how it allows you to disseminate information, particular, particularly with like decentralized uh, workforces such as ours. Um, it's very useful to be able to, to share information in an actionable and very targeted way across the different ranks. So it's not always just that robot that's important. And when we talk about technology, a lot of times it's just about how you embed it into your everyday processes that makes a difference in the world. Oh, absolutely true. Well, thank you so much for being here. Last question is how can our audiences get in touch with you if they are looking to get in touch with you? Absolutely. So I am on LinkedIn. My handle is Rebecca Dio. My, my first name is actually with one C, so it's R-E-B-E-C-A-D-O. You can find me on LinkedIn. I'd be happy to chat with anybody who's interested in strategy or just general business thoughts and uh, 
look forward to it. And thank you so much for having me. This was awesome to be able to talk to you in this context. Yes, thank you so much for being here. It's been fantastic. And I just, I love learning about your business, but also love learning about the lessons that you've learned as an entrepreneur, but also as someone who started, you know, started off in this company and then has grown it to be such a uh, huge success and, you know, all of the different roles that you've had. So this is fantastic to hear those lessons. So thanks so much for being here. Thank you.